Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up, we're going to tell you what we think are the most important things in Disneyland this week, and we're going to continue our 101 series on the Disneyland resorts, talking about Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa. All that coming up next. From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, and points around Southern California, this is the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, episode 742 for the week of September 3rd, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show coming to you from the Bob Varley studio here in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my co-host, the lovely Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello! And out in California by our associate producer, Mr. Tyler Crouch. Hello, everyone. And the lovely Miss Katrina Manzoni. Hi, everybody. And we're welcoming back the lovely Miss Luella Loriola. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Luella, great to see you again. Hope your trip was good. It was wonderful. Thanks for asking. You were in the Philippines. I went to the Philippines. Yeah, you were in the yeah. Philippines for like six months, right? <laughs> I was there a long time, but we had better weather than California had, surprisingly. So um, it was great out there. Another California snowflake complaining about the heat. Yeah. <laughs> Come to where I live. I know. Come to I where know. I live and talk to me about heat. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. First and foremost, just because, uh, as you know, we pre-record these shows. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday, the 29th of August, and about two hours ago, uh, we passed the $100,000 mark in our fundraiser for Give Kids the World. So to all of you who have helped us raise money, this is the first show I'm doing since that happened, so um, I, I'm so happy, so excited. Uh, to all of you who donated and helped us, whether you donated $5 or donated Somebody donated $6,000 this morning to help get us over the, uh, the mark, and they were anonymous, so I can't even thank them by name. Um, but to all of you for your generosity and support, thank you so much. Um, I can t I, I, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of the village. Uh, they are so grateful for this. Uh, they've been sending me, I've been getting emails from them throughout this whole process, just amazed at what uh, our community has been able to do. And... Um, so I just I wanted to thank everybody for that. It was amazing. Um, we have some other things that are going to be coming up later on in the year. Uh, I mentioned on uh, the, two, uh, the Walt Disney World edition of the show on Tuesday that on November, what's that, Saturday after uh, Thanksgiving? Just closed my calendar. No. November 27th? Uh, 24th. 24th. 24th is a Saturday after Thanksgiving? Yeah. All right, so uh, November yeah. 24th, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we're going to be doing a marathon show, um, and we're going to use that to launch um, a week-long silent auction online to raise money for Give Kids the World. So we're looking for folks to donate any items that you have that we might be able to auction off. And what you do is you send those to 6550 North Atlantic Avenue, Suite B, Cape Canaveral, Florida, and I don't have the zip code in this. Quick, zip code, Cape Canaveral. Best, faster, faster, faster. Zip. 32920? 32920. So that's 6550 North Atlantic Avenue, Suite B, Cape Canaveral, Florida, 32920? Uh, uh, I'm just double checking it. Hold on. Let me. <laughs> North three, it's three two nine two zero. Yeah, okay. That's, I just wanted to make sure it didn't change in two. It didn't have two different zip codes. But so yeah. um, we need uh, any items that you can donate. Um, we need those. Are you just going to switch back to me, or as I'm talking, or not? Okay. Um, Y'all are super loud all over the place. Do we need do do this again? No, it's just it's with like the back and forth. Oh, it's there's I'm, a lot happening. This is when my producer and I yell at each other, but we love each other, so it's all good. Um, 
uh, we need uh, items uh, no later than like November 14th um, because we cannot put an, uh, anything up for auction. So telling us you're going to send it and sending us a picture isn't going to do it. Um, so over the next couple of months, if you have anything you think, um, and 100% of what is raised um, uh, from the auction goes directly to give kids the world, any of the administrative fees for the software or anything like that is borne by us. We pay for that um, so that we don't take anything out of that money. 100% of it goes to give kids the world. So that will be our next thing and like I said I'm looking forward kind of to that marathon show in November um, we're going to have fun we're planning some some cool stuff not ready to say anything yet and there's some other things we're planning that I'm not ready to announce yet that we're working on that I think you guys might enjoy so stay tuned for in the weeks to come and one final thing before we get started um, I will not be here for the next I don't know three shows Oh, geez. Um, because I'm going on vacation skipping town I'm skipping town. I'm getting getting out of Dodge. <laughs> getting out of Dodge. I'm uh, I'm heading out to London for a week, and then I'm going to be doing uh, the Adventures by Disney. Is it is it Central Europe, Craig, or is it? They changed all the names. Yeah. Backstage Magic still isn't the name of that trip, and that's what we still call it. Yeah. Well, so I'll I'll be in I'll be in Prague and Vienna, and this was a trip that Craig and his wife did. Uh, Three years ago. Jeez, I can't and believe it's been three years. Somewhere there's a video. I told Craig I would let him do the trip because uh, we gave him the trip. Um, I told him I'd let him do the trip, but only if I got video of him running over the mountain to the sound of music and doing the twirl. And he, it took him two years to get me the video, hmm. but I, but we do have that video somewhere. It used to. It was in the opening. It used to be in the intro. For the show before we changed it the last time around. So if you go back like 10 episodes, 20 episodes. Well, I think it would be very nice if, uh, as I'm talking about it, it shows up on this video since we're doing it. I don't do the post on this. So, So, well, Tyler knows. (laughs) Tyler knows now that we have to get that video and we have to insert that video here because it is one of my favorite things in the world watching Craig do the sound of music piece. So, all right. So that's it for that. Does anybody have any other housekeeping? No, I just really want to see that video now. What's that? <laughs> I just really want to see Craig run through the hills. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's <laughs> priceless. It's everything I thought it would be and more. I really wanted him in Lederhosen, but I have to take That would have I, been awesome. I had to take what I could get. Or the dress, the iconic dress, either <laughs> one of those. Yeah. Well, that he wears around the house anyway, so that's not special. Um, but all right, so... Um, let's get on to the most important things in the land this week. Uh, mine is actually a news item because a lot's been happening out at Disneyland the last few weeks. Um, uh, you may or may not know there has been this massive conflict going on between the Anaheim City Council and Disneyland, and this has been going on for a while. There were changes on the uh, Anaheim City Council, the Disney-backed, candidates did not win their seats in the last election. The mayor of Anaheim is uh, not a fan of Disney. He feels that Disney has gotten way too uh, many concessions from the city and has had a much harder line uh, against the company than his predecessors, uh, along with some other members of the uh, Anaheim City Council. Uh, I also, you know, you, you may or may not know that Josh DeMauro took over as the president of Disneyland. And full disclosure, I, I'm, I, I know Josh. I'm, I'm, I consider Josh a friend. Um, <clears throat> and so I just want to be clear that the glowing things I'm about to say about him are somewhat tainted, but honest and true anyway. Um, so, there, you know, that's been the big thing, you know, with Josh taking over as the head of Disneyland. How is he going to deal with this contentious relationship with the city? Well, that reached a new boiling point a few weeks ago when the Anaheim City Council decided to pull consideration for uh, uh, tax. uh, 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 Okay, so in order to build the new hotel that they were planning to build, the fourth hotel, Disney was counting on these really big, it's really big tax break from the city of Anaheim, basically saying that, I think it was 80% of the hotel tax 
would basically be forgiven um, for a period like of a little bit over two hundred and seventy million dollars, I think. Right. So two hundred and seventy million dollars this tax deal would have given Disneyland to build this new hotel. Well, because they weren't building it, this is what the city council said, because they weren't going to build the hotel on exactly the space they originally said they were going to build it, they moved it over like a thousand feet. I'm not kidding. It was like, but because it wasn't in the exact place, they said that the deal no longer applied. Disneyland responded by saying, okay, well, we're probably not going to build this hotel, um, which just kind of put them at loggerheads. And then in what I consider to be a political masterstroke, uh, Josh DeMauro turns around and says to the city council, you know what? I don't want this contentious relationship. We're going to give up all of our, uh, uh, all of our tax considerations with the city. We're going to give it all up because that's been the big thing in the mayor. They're getting too many of these concessions. Now, anecdotally or not, uh, the uh, uh, on the on the ballot this November in Anaheim is a uh, is a, a, a ballot measure that would basically say that any company getting consideration from the city in the form of these tax rebates or anything else is going to have to have a minimum wage of fifteen dollars. Now, Disneyland just before this was announced, Disneyland went ahead and and. Uh, settled a contract with their unions not only to bring their cast members to $15 by January but by 2022 it would go to $18 an hour the minimum wage and thereafter cost of living increases but Disney did not want this be to be beholden to this ballot measure and the only way they would be is if they were taking these tax subsidies so it was presented as we want to reset our relationship with the city council. So you know what? We're going to forego all our tax rebates. We're going to be, forego all of that. And the, uh, the mayor, of, uh, mayor of Anaheim, uh, Tom Tate, I believe his name is, um, has bought into that. And he's saying that he considers this to be a reset on the relationship with Disney. It's the only time in the last I don't know year and a half two years there's been really anything positive coming out of uh, the Anaheim City Council towards Disney so I think uh, this was a brilliant political move do I think there was motivation about this ballot measure of course there was but I also think some of that criticism can be staunched by the fact that Disney had already, before the ballot measure was announced, Disney had already signed the contract or agreed to the contract with the union to not only bring it to $15 an hour this coming January, but also to $18 an hour by 2022 uh, with the cost of living increases. So the union was happy. Disney was happy. Now the Anaheim City Council was happy. And I told you when Josh took over, this guy was going to be, he's the perfect, perfect guy to do this. And I thought, so I think this was a win ultimately for Disney. Now, whether Disney is going to go ahead and build this hotel with their own money remains to be seen. As of right now, the hotel, that hotel project is indefinitely on hold. So they haven't announced what they're going to do. But what do we think? I'll go to you, Tyler. Do we think well, that, that, that they're going to build this hotel anyway? Okay, so what I do know is that... Uh, you know, a lot of businesses closed in that area, including, you know, uh, ESPN Zone, AMC, uh, Earl of Sandwich. And one thing that did recently happen is that Earl of Sandwich is actually looking for new employees right now. So it looks like Earl of Sandwich is going to be reopening again over in downtown Disney. Oh, really? Yeah. So they just put out the word that they want some more employees over there. So I don't know what that means for the rest of the businesses like Rainforest Cafe, Starbucks, all those places. Uh, but we do know that Earl of Sandwich is looking for new hires. And I will say that I think they're going to build this hotel someday, but they are definitely not going to build it nearly as soon as, as uh, they said they were going to. One of the rumors that I kept hearing is that this hotel is actually meant to be the new Disneyland hotel. And they were going to event, you know, phase one was building all this new building, building uh, in the downtown Disney area. And then phase two was actually going to be replacing 
the old Disneyland Hotel towers, uh, just ripping those things down and, and building new ones. Because if you actually look at the design of the hotel, um, it, it, it is like half of an X. So you could see where they were going with it. They could go for the other half of the X. Mm. So it, it's, it's something that they're going to have to restructure completely uh, unless they want to pay this $270 million plus dollars uh, for their taxes. But I think, like you said, Pete, um, this is like a political thing for sure that Disney's doing. And they realized oh, it was a that, masterstroke. This was a political yeah. masterstroke. Brilliantly, exactly. brilliantly executed. Brilliantly yeah. executed. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that you can tell that like not only did they uh, not only were they worried about the minimum wages and everything, but also just the fact that they um wanted to just work with the city instead they they figured that the 270 million was not as much it was not as worth as much as just being able to work with the city because they've had a lot of issues in the past couple of years well so. and also also keep in mind there's another election coming up and disney is absolutely backing uh replacements to a lot of these anti-disney folks that are on the anaheim city council right. so um the politics of this are not done yet um but you know i know enough about josh tomorrow to know this man is a natural born diplomat um i've watched him thread needles that very very few other people could thread when it came to you know dealing with really tough situations this guy thrives the tougher the situation seems like the better he does so um Right now, right now, this is a win. This is a win for Disney. Um, it's a win for the city council. Very few stories in politics where there are win-win. Now, how it's going to unfold from here is anybody's guess. But they've got a good man at the helm. They've got a good man at the helm. So I was happy about that. So, All right. What about you, Rhino? What's your most important thing in the land this week? Um, well, this Friday, um, as of recording this, is the beginning of the return of the Disney of uh, the Disney, the Halloween season at Disneyland and uh, California Adventure. So I'm pretty excited about that. That starts September 7th and runs to October 31st. So they, of course, have Halloween parties. They do the over the Cars Land over, uh, overlay, excuse me, which we really liked. Um, Last year, they had the big um, Headless Horseman um, statue that was up um, outside of Carthay Circle in that area on Buena Vista Street. Um, they got the return of Monsters After Dark is coming, Luigi's Honkin' Halloween. There's Mater's Graveyard Jamboree, which Craig loves. Um, they'll have all the characters in the costume. You've got Haunted Mansion Holiday, the Main Street. I love when they have all the pumpkins on Main Street. Um, they have uh, Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy. Um, and just like I said, they have their Halloween party um, that is is different than ours, um, but it's it's got the frightfully fun parade, the Halloween scream fireworks. Um, I already said haunted mansion holiday, uh, but for me, the thing about this event that I am most excited about is the food. Um, so they released um, Disney Parks blog. Um, I think it was last week, released a um, like a list of all the types of food. And my goodness, there is tons of stuff. Like there are, um, you know, obviously the normal stuff, which is all like the candy apples that they decorate for Halloween. Um, so there's like the mini witch apple, Jack Skellington apple, you know, nothing groundbreaking here, although pumpkin fudge sounds delicious. Um, there's uh, uh, churros is the name of the game. There's like 10 different flavored churros here. The one that excites me the most is the pumpkin spice um, flavored churro with a dipping sauce. Um, that sounds amazing. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, there was um, in... Oh, I just lost my place. Um, uh, there's the pumpkin spice beignets that are coming around. Those um, are so good. Yeah, I, I really... I'm a sucker for anything pumpkin spice because I'm a 13-year-old white girl. And um, <laughs> But... I, there's at uh, Rancho del Zocal, Zocalo, they have the frozen horchata, which sounds really good. Um, there's um, – my oh, where's the other – there was uh, another thing that I was like, oh, my God, I would fly here just to try this. Um, there's like pump, – it's all pumpkin. Pumpkin muffins, pumpkin cheesecake. Um, there is uh, – 
there's this lemonade that looks really cool that's like this green lemonade that's got the um like the red dripping so it kind of looks like it's not blood but it is blood it's green apple spell lemonade so it's sour green apple um cherry pop and pearls and raspberry sauce that just looks so good and there is pumpkin bread pudding that you can get at the pacific wharf cafe that i am like i love bread pudding these are the moments i hate being on this diet um there's also this anti-vampire pizza that you can get at um the boardwalk pizza and pasta which is roasted garlic sauce marinated chicken smoked gouda mozzarella roasted red peppers and tomato harissa sauce drizzle that just uh, i am like dreaming about it um I just there's pumpkin hard cider that they're gonna have at the Bayside Brews. It's just there are so many things that look amazing in this. That um so they they did these funnel cake fries and now they're doing pumpkin spice funnel cake fries too, at uh, at award wieners and I just oh my god there's a, there's an Oktoberfest dog that's kielbasa which everyone knows I love kielbasa, um and I just. There's so much. Like, the list just goes on and on and on. And I am just blown away at how they, you know, with all these events, with, like, Pixar Fest and everything. We're going to get the question, so let's just ask it now. Who does the party better? Um... See, oh I don't. Gosh, that's a, I, I, that's after gosh. hearing what you guys had to say about this year's party and my experience last year... Uh, I mean, I, generally speaking, I've let's, only, leave, let's leave the, you know, the crowd issue that we had this year... Uh, let's kind of leave uh, out here in Disney World. Let's leave that alone. Just trying I, to do apples to apples. Who does who does a better party? I've only done the party once. I did it with you a couple years ago, um, and I I actually think the Halloween season in general is done better, much better in Disneyland because they now when they added all that overlays to Cars Land and the the headless horseman statue like all that stuff is amazing because that's not even part of the party and it's really you know monsters after dog you're getting a whole party experience there without paying extra and then you can go over and do this cool thing plus i love that their parade is all jack skellington themed and the fireworks has that balloon that goes up and then they have like the oogie boogie face on it so it looks like the moon that disappears i i don't know for for me it it, i'm always drawn to california for halloween i personally felt the quality of the Halloween party uh, in California was superior to ours. Yeah. Um, that I I just thought there was something like their parade doesn't hold a candle to ours. That parade was sad that we saw. It was very short. Too. It was yeah. like it was like yeah, it was like three floats. Yeah. And so. Um, well, you guys went a couple years ago because I think they've redone the parade since then. Last yeah, year they, I think it was 2016. they brought out the 2016 we did it. and yeah. Ichabod Crane. Oh, Ichabod Crane. And then Crane, they added say. like a couple more floats, but it's still really tiny. I mean, it's but a small I, parade. I, I, I still I, love like Ichabod Crane. They had yeah. the character like to a T. Like he was amazing the way he walked, and uh, and then the Headless Horseman's kind of like part of the parade versus like the Headless Horseman over in Disney World kind of just goes by before the parade. Yeah. And kind of gets everybody pumped and ready. Yeah. Now, have you I guys think that the parade is go ahead. Have you guys done the party out here? We have. Yeah. So We've done both multiple times and I have to agree with you guys that I think that the Disneyland one is superior. I was about to say the one thing that I think is better in World is the parade. Um, but other than that, and you know, the fireworks are really cool too because they're on just an epic level. Uh, like you can be in the middle of the park and I love how they do the uh, perimeter fireworks like yeah but craig craig has made some good points about um and i agree with him about that ours are starting to feel dated because we have the happily ever after um fireworks that has all these projections on the castle and then you guys also have that same thing you're you're for me disneyland is the one that started the projection technology being used with like main street on the castle and yeah Yours doesn't really have projections yet, but you do a little bit more because, like I said, you have that balloon and like so it feels like you engage in the environment a little bit. What I'm jumping say? in though. The big difference, oh yeah, that's right, it's black, so you can't see me anyways. <laughs> You're gonna look at Rhino. The big difference is our fireworks go off every single party, and they don't always at Disneyland. So if you're paying mm. all that money and you get a parade and what i found when i did their party is their trick-or-treating is about three times as long as our lines are so when you start adding those two things right together you get a a a smaller parade not as grand maybe no fireworks and longer trick-or-treating and no castle show they don't do the castle show. i think it's hands down as much as i hate our party i think it's superior 
I just I always I'll always use this analogy is I feel like it is a different type of experience for sure. Like it, Disney World is industrial. It's a you know, and Disneyland is craft. So mm, that's a great way to put it. You have you know when people are like, oh, that's that goes for like the food, the experience, and everything. It's 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 not aimed at the same people, and so. Like, yes, yeah, on paper it looks the same sometimes, but it is a different experience because of that, I think. Yeah, and I think an, another thing that's really interesting about Disneyland, it's a lot of locals. So sometimes I see the most amazing costumes. I yeah. actually yeah. go to the party to look at the guests and their costumes because they're so elaborate um, and they could take the time because they don't have to pack it. Um, and I think the, from what I remember about uh, the parade, it's going to expand. But I have gone to two Halloween parties and both the fireworks were canceled. So that was very disappointing. And there's nothing around that. It's all weather. What I love about Disneyland, I'll, I'll say this before, before we wrap this one up, but um, is that I honestly, I don't, in Disney World, I feel like to really take advantage of being like, okay, we're getting into the Halloween spirit here, other than just like some decorations, I don't even feel like you need the party at Disneyland because they have all these offerings yeah. now that are included with your park ticket that if you miss out on the party it's not like i missed out on the party whereas here i feel like when i miss out on the party it's a big event that i've really missed out on and there it's like it's a little extra you know whereas you 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 have all the pumpkins on main street that you can check out during the day you've got all these amazing food offerings that we do also offer during the day in disney world but i just think when they added that california adventure thing they really kind of blew the season out of the yeah the park you know so all right so what about you tyler what's your most important thing in the land this week so, uh, actually, yesterday, uh, we talked about, in the last episode, we talked a little bit about Tropical Hideaway and what that might entail, which is coming to Adventureland in Disneyland. And uh, they actually brought out uh, a little menu preview yesterday, and they, they actually uh, shared a new piece of concept art as well. So, I am getting even more excited for this place. I'm going to go over a couple of the things that you will be able to find at the Tropical Hideaway. They're going to have... Uh, steamed bao buns, which are going to be lemon chicken and bulgogi beef. And they're going to have a chilled ramen salad, uh, which I, they already have something like that for Pixar Fest. And that's, I'm not necessarily excited for that one, but I still think it's interesting that they're going to be offering new, you know, new types of things that not most theme parks aren't going to offer. And then they're going to have a sweet pineapple lumpia, which is a, it's a spring roll filled with pineapple and a, and a sweet cream cheese. They took it from Pandora. Because they got rid yeah, of it. They got I, rid of I it. I think you're right. Oh, is it back again? Oh, okay. I guess it came back. I don't know. The... Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing on the internet um, yesterday was that it went away and everybody was sad about it. Oh, my God. What? No, it didn't. Okay. I believe everything you read on the internet right now. From the, the, the <laughs> hundreds of people I follow that said it was gone, I Hashtag guess I will news. not take it anymore. Fake yeah. news. Maybe it was just gone for. Uh, maybe they just ran out for a little bit and they they finally got it back or something. I don't know. I, who, uh, who knows? But the interesting thing about the tropical hideaway to me is that it just sounds like it's going to be just a great place to sit and relax in Adventureland because it's going to be right on the waters of the Jungle Cruise. So you're going to be able to see the boats go by. You're going to have uh, like that that whole part of the park is going to feel alive now. The torches are going to light up after dark, and it looks like they haven't announced anything about this yet. But from the concept art, if you really, if you really uh, dig in and you look closely, there is a bird off to the right, and it look and there's like a little child watching it too. So it honestly looks like they're going to oh, be yeah. uh, introducing at least one animatronic bird to that area, and he looks a lot like the Barker bird actually, which for those that don't know, used to sit outside of the tiki room and you know, beckoned to people to come inside. This was like years ago, like back when Tiki Room first opened. Uh, they they eventually had to get rid of it because it was causing such a stir in the walkways that uh, it it was blocking traffic. I'm so. guessing I'm guessing that if we get in line now, we might be able to get into this place in December. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing I was going to say I'm worried about is that now that everybody's going to want to get into this small little area, I'm afraid that we're going to have, you know, all this talk about that I've been doing about like, oh, we need more space in Adventureland. We need more space in Adventureland. Now it's going to be taken up by a gigantic line. You know, there's going to be a huge line going down all of Adventureland to try and get in this place. But we'll see, you know. Do you think and, they're going to do like mobile ordering only or something that's, at first? That's what I'm not sure about. If hmm. I, They haven't really specified if this is a quick service location or 
a dine or a sit down dining location yet. So it sounds sure. it almost sounds like they're putting another Trader Sam's yeah in the park or like a yeah. skipper canteen yeah. or something. And that goes back to our uh, rumors that we keep on hearing of uh, of this may be the first place in Disneyland to serve alcohol. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I I'm not saying I'm not going out on a limb and saying it's definitely happening or anything like that, but um I that. They're going to have, a, I'm pretty sure they're going to have alcohol at Galaxy's Edge. Well, and I'm, as I mentioned, sure. as I mentioned a few weeks back, um, I have it from what I would consider to be an extremely reliable source that the cantina in Star Wars Land in or Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland is being fitted for beer taps. Um, So, I, yeah, I I think it's, I think it's going to happen. I think if they're going to do it, they probably should do it with this, get the controversy out of the way so it doesn't become a thing uh, next year when Galaxy's Edge opens. I mean, I I know a lot of people are going to be upset because, you know, Walt Disney always said, Oh, there's sh- he doesn't want alcohol in the park and things, but he also said there should be no mustaches at Disneyland either. So it's just like yeah. the man you know, who had there's the a lot of things that are just kind of changing over the years, and uh, it, it's just I don't know. It's kind of inevitable that something like this would happen. And we brought up in a past discussion that California Adventure and Epcot serve plenty of alcohol, and I've really never seen anybody get real messed up at those places. Maybe at Epcot once or twice. I was going to say, have you ever have you been to Food and Wine Festival? <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. like when you literally, literally, well. you you when you leave Epcot during the festival, when you're oh, we yes. gotta, we're storming. Okay, um, when you leave Epcot during the festival, you get out onto the ro- on the highway. You cops are lined up. Cops uh, are okay. lined. Yeah, we only up. see like you know the monorail to the hotel, so we don't really park there and like leave. So we, I don't think we've ever seen yeah, that. But, so yeah, so it's it's a thing. It's a thing. And then. So. I did want to say one more thing, uh, and this is going to be kind of a quick one, I guess, but uh, just real quick, uh, Bugs Land is going to be closing in a few days. It's actually closing oh. on September 4th, so um, that's goodbye Bugs Land. It's got, you know, for those that don't know, it's got four little kind of kid rides in it that are kind of, you know, I don't want to say out of the box a theme park attractions, but they but they sort of are, and uh, so we're going to be losing that soon. And they'll be making way for the new Marvel Land that's going to be coming around over there. So uh, you know, I was at first a little bit worried about Marvel because they said they're going to open in 2019, but I've been hearing that they're probably pushing that date back, and they're going to be putting more money into it. So that it sounds like it's going to be a win-win. There's going to be some amazing new experiences. So. I think that's exciting, but um, as like a mother of a of a child, I'm really sad that Bugs Lands is closing, and so um, you know I hope that there will be some rides for that type of for that generation of children in Marvel Land. I'm ex- I'm thrilled for Marvel Land. I wish they could have both. <laughs> so yeah. that's um, yeah, there's no space though. <laughs> All right, yeah. Katrina, what about you? Okay, so I want to go over the auction results from the That's from Disney X like um, exhibit because mm-hmm. I some of these items that got sold blew my mind for how much it was like how much it cost they or, like, went, how much they someone went, paid for yeah they went uh, for a lot of I'm money. But I'm hearing different uh, end results because the I was watching the auction uh, the 25th and 26th on my phone throughout the day, but as soon as the bid ends, you cannot really see the official results. Of how much they paid so these figures are kind of the average in a way but uh, we found the name so Richard Kraft Sabrina's principal from Sabrina the Teenage Witch uh, yeah. she, come on uh, so he's not the same guy it's not the same guy I just like his <laughs> name Richard Kraft uh, anyway he's the one that collected all of these items and sold them uh, and so they raised about 8.3 million dollars from wow. over 900 items that were sold but I want to go over a couple. So obviously the biggest one that was sold, the highest ticket item was $540,000, over a half a million dollars for a Skyway bucket. Wow. Like, it just blew my mind. And then uh, another one, $420,000 for the Dumbo ride vehicle. Apparently Drew Carey bought it. 
uh, really? is what the speculation was. And then I'm going to just like go off and say that I was watching these items being sold, like the Dumbo themed stuff. And it looked like the same person pretty much won all of these auction items. And if Drew Carey bought the Dumbo ride vehicle, I'm assuming that he probably bought like the majority of items for Dumbo. So maybe he's a big Dumbo fan. He was live tweeting um, the entire auction. Was he really? Huh? Yeah. He was live tweeting the entire auction. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. But anyway, that's cool to know, actually. Now I kind of want to yeah, look at she, it. She found, she found that they only, they only tell you who won, uh, and she found that the first letter, D, was in all of them, and then also his one of his, the, last let, the last number his, it was, was there. Username. It was always nine. So that was his username, and so it seems like he bought a lot of stuff. Um, and then Sweet Jose from the Chana Tiki Room sold for $370,000. Wow. And uh, and then this one kind of blew me away. Uh, so like we talked about before, the Peter Pan ride vehicle, we thought was going to be $100,000. And I've been hearing that it's sold for about $253,000. And just the entry sign for the Pirates of the Caribbean well, ride. Th th and this isn't even like the main marquee. This is just like a welcome to just, the ride. like Just like a, like a little sign. And it sold for $230,000. Good Lord. And just little things like that. It was insane. There was one I wanted to talk about. Oh, the big D sign, the big light up D sign for the Disneyland Hotel. That was a like a bargain compared to everything else. It apparently sold for $86,000, 86000 and some change. And uh, according to rumors, David Copperfield uh, huh. won that auction. And then the Sweet Sea Serpent went for a mere $80,000. So, oh. I mean, where, where was any going to like put it? Like That I, was one of my favorite things, actually. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I, wouldn't, I have no space for it. But. <laughs> I, like, I want to say, like, oh, and then uh, I want to say maybe another one, the Melted Snow White. Uh, I, I tweeted about it before, the fairest of them all. I guess apparently it only sold for about three thousand dollars. Oh, wow! And uh, <laughs> and then there was oh then I want to talk about the the stretch portraits for Haunted Mansion. So there was four. These were sold individually. Each one, the widow, the dynamite guy, and the tightrope girl sold for about one hundred sixty thousand dollars a piece. And then the quicksand men sold for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Wow! And so I'm wondering, like, which, what did Neil Patrick Harris buy? Like, yeah, really. That's, like, my question. And, like, John Stavos, because they're always there. So I was, like, really curious on, like, if they bought any of those paintings. Uh, and then is there any other ones I really want to mention? Um, Mr. Toad's uh, ride vehicle went for about $140,000. And the Doom Buggy, one of the Doom Buggy ride vehicles, sold for about $190,000. So... Uh, okay, these yeah. like you, you could buy a house yeah. for what you're paying oh, for yeah. a lot of oh, these yeah. items. Um, so obviously, these are multi multi millionaires buying this stuff. And then there was like a buyer's on top of these prices. Th these are not even the final prices that they had to pay. There's the nine point five or the nine point seven five percent sales tax in California, as well as a buyer's tax, which is uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but they're definitely paying at least like 20 percent on top of these Jeez. items. So. Oh man, it's a lot. Crazy. Of yeah. What did I you thought... get, Pete? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Out of my league. Oh, Out of my okay. league. But, I uh, watched the uh, the Dumbo one, and I was just floored at the starting at a one hundred thousand, and it just escalated so quickly. I'm, yeah. I'm I wasn't even there. I, there, my heart was going all crazy and i saw drew carey just keep <laughs> putting up his thing <laughs> he wanted that thing <laughs> he wanted it and he got it it sounds like he got a lot of things all right thank you very much for that uh katrina yeah, um no luella how about you oh well you know this is the last week of the ap corner of uh pixar fest and in the start of AP pixar fest they were giving away these stickers they give you two so you can give one to a friend so this is the last week um, until labor day and there it's the edna mode and the jack jack stickers so i need to make it out there to try to make it but i do love pins and uh, all the new pins of disneyland resort have been released so there's a couple of really cute ones um, there's a Sully pin that's coming out september 6th 
um, also Captain Phasma, um, but I'm a big Lilo and Stitch fan, so I think I'm going to have to line up on September 20 for that Lilo and Stitch pin. <laughs> but I think uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland have their own unique pins, and so um, it's coming up if you want to get some really nice, uh, really uh, limited edition pins. So I think that's the great thing that's happening up next this coming week for Disneyland. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for that. Let's go ahead and move on to our discussion about the uh, Grand Californian. Um, just a little bit of background. This opened in 2001. Um, the DVC portion of it, the Disney Vacation Club portion, opened in 2009. Uh, 745 rooms, 44 suites, and 71 villas. It's a small DVC property. It's not like the other ones that have several, a few hundred rooms. Um, average square footage on the rooms, 353 square feet. <clears throat> there are several categories of rooms in the hotel. You have a standard room, a woods courtyard view room, um, a deluxe partial view room, a premium view room, a downtown Disney view room, and then you have club level which is either standard view or premium view. And I will tell you some of the premium views are absurdly ridiculous how good they are. Um, so this is, uh, this is the flagship resort uh, at Disneyland. This is their version of the uh, Grand Floridian here in Florida. So the prices are commensurate with that. Not unusual for a standard view room at this hotel to go for $600 a night. Um, so it is definitely, definitely on the pricey side of things. But one of the reasons it is, is because it stays pretty much full. Um, this was designed, I, I always forget his name, the same architect who did Wilderness Lodge, same architect who did uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, and I always forget this guy's name. Peter Dominic? Peter Dominic. Um and this is uh, this is a you know the 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 theme is more is, is very mission style, it's that California mission style. So it's it's very woodsy. It's very um, you know craft craft movement, nineteen um, thirties type uh, decor mm -hmm. is how I would describe it. Um, for a long time, I did not like this hotel because I thought the rooms were too dark. There were lots of greens and browns, and that 353 square feet, those colors made it feel like it was about 253 square feet. So the rooms felt small and dank. Those were the words I used to describe them. They have now rehabbed these rooms, and now they are completely different. Um, same size, they didn't expand the rooms, but by going with brighter colors and kind of opening it up more with the color scheme, these rooms feel larger than they did before. Um, the uh, uh, in terms of dining, um, you have one of the great signature restaurants at any Disney location anywhere in the world, Napa Rose. Um, you also have Storytellers Cafe, which is a uh, character meal for breakfast, I believe, mm -hmm. and then it's a buffet at, at dinner. Correct. Yeah, and then there's menu items for lunch. There are menu items. And there is also an a la carte menu you can order from as well if you don't want what's on the buffet. Um, and then uh, Roaring Forks is their quick dining location, which I think is among one of the better quick service. Wait. Uh, Roaring no. Forks that's in uh, Fort Wilderness. Yeah, Roaring Forks. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm it's so, the Whitewater. You're, Whitewater yeah, Snacks. Yeah. Whitewater Snacks. Sorry. <laughs> Getting like, my where? Peter Dominic properties like, mixed where's up. Where's that? <laughs> um, Whitewater Snacks, which I think really is one of the better uh, quick service locations in a resort on either coast. I think there's some. We've had some great, great things there, um, and of course, this is also built. Um, You're missing one. The, the, you didn't mention the Hearthstone Lounge too. Uh, yeah, well, the Hearthstone Lounge. Well, you can order. They, they, it's not a dining location. Oh, okay. It's, it's like, a lounge. Yeah. But the Hearthstone Lounge is also a great place. But I want to mention that uh, this resort um, basically enters into or exits into Grand Cal or, or California Adventure. Um, I believe this was the first one. No, the Disneyland pa Disneyland Paris was the first one built inside a theme park. Um, this is the only one here. 
yeah. for right now that um, enters into a theme park. Um, and in the morning, only guests of the Grand Californian can use that that entrance. Right, up um, till 11 a.m. Till 11 a.m. So let's talk about, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to you, Luella. Um, talk to me about the Grand Californian, what you like about it, don't like about it. Well, I was in agreement with you. I a couple years ago we stayed there and I felt the money that I paid for the room and the dankiness just wasn't worth it. Um, I still love the Disneyland Hotel, but we just stayed at the Grand not too long ago and the refurbishment and the lighting and whatever they did because it's the same amount of square footage is you know hands down it it's now become one of our favorite hotels and there's a lot of little Disney touches which I felt they didn't have before so um, it's not Mickey but you can find Chippendale hidden somewhere Bambi um, and it's just so cute and so it still sticks with that California woods theme but it's much brighter I feel it's a little bit more Disney and we just love it and you can't beat the location so I think one of the best things especially with little kids is that location to be able to just go into DC and just literally roll out of bed if you wanted to is such a wonderful touch. I never felt that the Disneyland Hotel was far, but once you stayed at the Grand, I mean, it is just like a hop, skip, and a jump. And they have great food, and sometimes we just like to hang out in the lobby. So I mm -hmm. think that's a nice thing that that hotel has too. It's this really grand, inviting uh, lobby. Uh, so it's it is a price it's in the pricey range but now i feel that money you know it's a lot of money but it's it makes more sense than it, in years past to pay that money and also while you're talking about the lobby uh they will uh servers from yeah. the uh the hearthstone lounge do work in the lobby so you can order drinks and even snacks and things if you want to sit in the lobby as yeah. opposed to I lounge. didn't realize that till the last time we were there because yeah. I, I was my room was over the lobby and I'm looking down and watching people get served and I was like oh my gosh that's awesome and they well they had to because the Hearthstone Lounge has become so popular yeah that there it's not unusual especially in the evening to go in there and there's no seats you yeah. can't find a seat so they kind of had to expand their offerings but that that is a nice that is a nice touch now Luella in terms of having kids yeah um at this resort, what's your impressions? I think it's great. I my kids love it. I I think what we love is the easy access to the parks. And I would never let them go alone, but my eldest wanted to get some churro and so he just went down, went out, <laughs> got a churro and came back to the room. Um, whereas if we were at Paradise Pier or even Disneyland Hotel, it's it's you know, I'll be like looking at the clock, hey, where are you, where are you? Uh, so I think it's great. They did used to have a child care center there. Um, I think it was called Pinocchio's yeah. uh, Woodshop. That did close. Um, I think uh, a lot of people probably didn't utilize that much. I want to say it was similar to maybe like the Disney Cruise where you can leave your kid and go out to dinner and then come back and get your kid. But it wasn't a service that I used, so that wasn't a big loss for me. The, the last time um, I, I was, think, I'm, um, I'm sorry, the last time I was there, um, I walked past that and there was like a really fat guy doing yoga. In that, yeah. in that space. And I'm like, okay, of the things I didn't need to see today, that was pretty high on the list. So yeah. thought I'd throw that but, in. Um, I think it's fat yoga yeah. now. That's um, funny. But my kids like the pool. Um, the Disneyland Hotel has a wonderful slide area uh, that looks like a monorail. But I think that the Grand California pool is nice. It's multiple pools. They do have a slide. And um, it's much more relaxing. So I think for kids, I think it's a it's a it's a great venue. Um, it's it definitely probably a little bit more adult than Paradise Pier, but uh, no, there's wonderful touches for children's too. Yeah, so I like it. Rhino, what about you? Um, you know, there's it's no secret that this is definitely my favorite of the Disneyland hotels. Um, I don't think I ever saw the old rooms. I think I by the time I had been there for the first time that they were already switching it over into this color scheme. So I've I've honestly my impression of the rooms now with the color scheme and I there are a million lights in the room now. They have that border light across the top of the room uh, along the molding that's really cool that I really like to to uh like you know like leave on really low or something but um 
they feel very it uh, very homey. The entire hotel feels like I, I I actually do feel like relaxed, and I I compare it to like if you have been there and you haven't stopped in the lobby. Um, there are these big um, brown leather chairs that are in there that are just the most comfortable yeah, thing are. like the second you sit in that chair you're like okay i don't want to leave here for hours so on the last day i'll always try and get ready to go a couple hours ahead of time so i can just go and sit in that chair for a while and and just hang out like i've got to get one of those chairs but um that feeling i have while i'm sitting in the chair that's the feeling i have for the entire resort like and as often as i've stayed there now i still feel like i haven't like stayed and experienced the hotel so i do think there's a lot the hotel has to offer in terms of you named a lot of dining locations and the hearthstone lounge but there is a really relaxed feeling about it i don't know if it's because it's all it's all connected and it's a lower hotel so the floors tend to like the there's a lot of hallways you know and you can go a while down and and stuff so it it makes it feel much more like the like when i think of a resort i kind of think of that i guess it's that I watched The Shining too much as a kid, but, um, you know, less scary than that. But it is... Among other things that damage you. I I think the rooms are... I think the beds are very comfortable. I always enjoy those beds. Um, They're ones I never want to get out of in the morning. Um, I I like all the, the, the food places there, but it's like what Luella said is that you really... Until you experience a hotel that has an entrance into the theme park... It sounds cool, but it's really just kind of crazy to be like, I am two floors up, and I just go down, go in, come Well, that's why I want to mention, we talk about these premium view rooms. This is not a concierge-level room. This is a premium view room, um, room number 4240, 4240. Best view of a theme park I've ever had in a hotel room in my life. Was this your ABD room, or was it the... Yeah. When I tell you that... You're like, here's my balcony, and and Goofy's uh, the Sky Coaster, the Sky Coaster uh, in California Adventure was a couple hundred yards yeah. from my. I mean, I could literally see the faces of the people riding the attraction. Yeah, just wave to everybody, being like, "Hi!" It was like, "Whoa, this is wild." Well, I mean, literally, uh, like you are like in the park in that room. Go well, along what, with what, that. Go ahead, Bruno. Sorry, what, what's cool is what Pete's talking about too. Is that some of those rooms when World of Color is going on, you're going to be able to catch parts of World of Color. Or, um, you enjoy the concierge level, um, and you usually make sure that we have entry into that as well. I kind of didn't realize that you could see the fireworks from up there. So I went up to get a snack one night and they're going off and they're like right over the roof of the hotel. So it's not, you know, it's not the perfect view. But if you're somebody, you know, you, from somewhere that you're not getting to see fireworks every night, it's really cool to step out on a balcony in this beautiful place where a monorail is going to go through the hotel right below you and you're watching fireworks right here. Like, and it's, they pipe in the music too. Yeah. And it's really, really, it's really cool. And I do, uh, because I, I forgot to mention this before, so I, I want to make sure I do it now, talking about concierge. Um, the premium for concierge in this hotel is more extreme than in any other Disney property. Um, if that standard room you're getting is 600 then that standard room in concierge is going to be about another four or $500 a night. Um, now, in exchange for that, you have access to uh, the concierge lounge, mm-hmm. which is a very nice lounge. As Rhino just mentioned, from that lounge, you can watch the fireworks, the Disneyland Park fireworks. Um, but what does set this lounge apart is, uh, first of all, the expanded hours with which they do, which which they offer their their food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, where a lot of lounges are going to cut off like their breakfast service at around 9 or 9.30, this one goes till 10.30. Yeah. And if it's early uh, if it's early entry uh, into uh, California Adventure that day, um, the, part, uh, the, the lounge opens at 6. Yeah. The lounge starts serving yeah. at 6. So four and a half hour breakfast service. And when I say breakfast service, it's not just cereal and oatmeal like most lounges. The spread these people put out is ridiculous. I mean, there is... You can have a full-on breakfast here. You're not going to get omelets, and you're not going to get scrambled eggs. Yeah. But... The people knew my name because I was in there eating for so long. They would be like, oh, back again, sir. And I'm like, don't you judge me. (laughs) Well, that's... They they were so nice, though. Like, they also remember you. Yeah. Now, granted, I've stayed there a few times this year. Um, But um, I put heavy cream in my coffee. 
as opposed to half and half. It's kind of a keto thing. I'm on a keto diet, so um, heavy cream is actually better if you're on keto than half and half. Well, all I did was mention it the first time or when I was there back in May. And when I was back there again a few weeks ago, woman looked at me and said, oh, let me go down and get your heavy cream. Oh, that's awesome. Like, okay, it'd been like a couple of months since this woman saw me, and they remembered. The level of service at Concierge. Well, every time, yeah, every time I stepped in, they were like, sir, another cranberry mimosa? And I was like, yes. Well, that's because you're an alcoholic. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> they'll turn you into one real easily there. Yeah, and so they, and, and they offer the breakfast, lunch, and it's not breakfast and lunch. I mean, it's a morning service. It's an afternoon snack service. Mm-hmm. And then an evening service that's going to have uh, some desserts, and they're going to have uh, some hot and cold appetizers. Um, the only thing I would say is a real meal replacement would be at breakfast. I don't think what yeah, they offer I, it that in the evening would be a, a replacement for dinner per it's, se. It's great if you're like if you know you're going to go to like Napa Rose that night or or Carthay or somewhere that where you know you're going to have a filling dinner but maybe you don't have it till later and you go in there's a lot of like usually I notice during lunch there'll be at least like two finger sandwich options mm-hmm. and then they'll have like you said the snacks and they they always had the beer wine and they have champagne in there like all day and they'll give you whatever they'll give it to you for to go and I even took like they had Uncrustables in there so I would just take one and throw it in my bag and go and so like we'd be somewhere filming something and I'd be like oh, I'm hungry oh I got my Uncrustable in here so there's a lot of like grab and go stuff in there too yeah it's so you know again you're not you know if you're going to look at the lounge I say this all the time if you're going to look at the lounge from the standpoint of how much money will I save on meals if I stay then no, yeah, that's no, right, no, yeah. no 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 but in terms of the level of service, this is the best concierge lounge I have ever experienced. And that's here in Orlando. That is uh, on Disney property and off Disney property. That is anywhere I have ever been, any concierge floor I've ever stayed on. I have never received a level of service or the breadth of offerings that are offered at this lounge. Now again, whether or not it's worth a four or five hundred dollar premium to you, only you can decide. Um, it is very expensive when you're talking about a standard room at eleven hundred dollars a night. That's a lot of money. Um, but I do want to just get the information out. There, there is something I forgot to mention too when we were starting. That um, if you are somebody and you're not even like staying on property or anything like that, but you're just at Disneyland and you want to check out the hotel, they do a tour there with um, one of the uh, uh, the. Uh, guest relations people will come around and give you the tour and they will talk about like the architect and what they were going for and they'll walk you through different parts of the hotel and right just a reminder to people though if you are going if you're not staying at the grand and you want to visit the hotel you must go in through downtown disney yeah do not go in if you're staying at the disneyland hotel the paradise pier it's gonna look very tempting to walk across the street they're not gonna let you in you have to go in through downtown disney and go through security before you can go in to the hotel, yeah, unless the you are a hotel, way. unless you are yeah, you, unless you are a guest of the Grand Californian, you have to show a key. Yeah, uh, or if you have a hotel, um, a dinner reservation at mm-hmm. uh, Napa Rose, they'll let you in, or at Storyteller, uh, they'll check. To see, see, now I've heard I've heard conflicting information about that mm-hmm. too. Yeah, because we ate at uh, Napa Rose not too long ago, and they let us in that way. But, and you get valet too if you do Napa yeah, Rose. Yeah. You get like what five hours. Uh, valet parking oh, over nice. at uh, Grand Californian. So them, they're a little bit, I think, more lenient for Napa Rose. Maybe for storytellers, they're kind of like, as long as you have a reservation, you just can't like walk in and say, oh yeah, I have a reservation. I think they're going to check now. Yeah, your name's on the list. I'm not sure with walking. Probably the car. Yeah, yeah. you have your car. Yeah. That's the so, win. Um, we'll call them now. We're going to refer to these guys as Katyler. Um, <laughs> okay. What are your thoughts on... Uh, what are your thoughts on the Grand Californian? You want to go? Yeah, uh, sure. I uh, I know that. And now that you've made that joke, we're like, what, do we, what should we do? <laughs> um, uh, so I love the Grand Californian. This is my favorite hotel by far on the Disney property. Um, just like Luella was saying, the lobby is just truly amazing. Uh, and also the rooms uh, are fantastic, especially with the redo. And Rhino mentioned the beds. Uh, they are super comfy, but one of my favorite things about them is that they're actually off the floor. They're off the they're ground. Elevated. They're elevated, so you can actually put a bunch of you know your luggage underneath, so it doesn't mm-hmm. you don't have luggage taking up all the space everywhere. And then the other great thing about the rooms is that 
you know, they have brought them into this century with how many uh, USB plugs mm. and, and different uh, outlets there, there I think are we counted all eight, over the place. I think we counted eight USB ports in that room. Yeah, um, I mean, they're all they're they're all by the beds, they're all by the TV, and it's it's that's exactly what people like us need that are like bringing video equipment and, and, and all that stuff around with us. So I love those little, um, those little touches. And then my, my going with, uh, your, with the talk about the view, Pete, um, one time I stayed in a room that was, uh, right next to Grizzly River Rapids. So, uh, that is the, that is the water ride that they have. That's a lot like the Cali river over in animal kingdom. Um, and, at nighttime, you just sit out on your patio and you just listen to the water go by. And it was like the best experience I've ever had in a hotel, I feel like. It was like truly amazing. And, and not only do they have the theme park views and things, but they also have views in downtown Disney if you want to check that out as well. Um, so overall, by far my favorite hotel over there at Disneyland. We and do hear, we have heard complaints, and I've experienced it once myself, with those downtown Disney view rooms, that right. sometimes the noise from downtown Disney can keep you awake. So that's a shame. Yeah, keep that I could in mind. I could see that. So what about you, Katrina? What do you think? Okay, so I don't think anybody's talked about like the coolest part of I don't know. It's not the coolest part of the hotel, but the when you just like pull up and you like walk in, there is these like sliding doors, like a stained glass doors. And it's just so beautiful because it's it's kind of like getting you ready to go inside Disney California Adventure because you see like uh, like Grizzly Peak on there and it's just so beautiful. And then, then you walk in and you see this like grandeur of this hotel and it's so open, it's so bright and happy. Oh, it's not bright and happy, but it's like, it's just like bright going into like a, like you're, you're in like Southern California, but then all of a sudden you just get transferred over to like northern california lodge it just it's just so beautiful and then like tyler said and like everybody said the rooms are bright the elevated um beds just kind of like help with putting like a whole bunch of stuff under there so you have tons of room to walk around and i just love the the headboard of and then like paying homage to the uh orange fields that used to be there so you see like chippendale and the orange uh fields so i think it's just it's just really beautiful and then uh, I mean, everybody kind of said it before, but it's just it's just so nice to be able to have easy access to a theme park if you just want to get in. And also, if you do that, you have like if you do Max Pass, you can just like go downstairs, get into the Disney California Adventure, and then you could just like go back up to your room and then just start sorting out Max Passes while everybody gets ready. Like you know, so mm -hmm. you can kind of like finish getting ready if you need to, and and like it kind of gives you like one step further into starting the day. I don't know. I just I love this hotel. I cannot gush enough about it. All right, Luella, scale of one to ten, what's your rating for the Grand oh, California? Oh gosh, I'm gonna give it a nine. And I want to say one more thing. I'm a family of five, so we always have to have that couch bed. This is the most comfortable couch bed that we've had, and it actually seems like a real bed once you flip it over. So for a family of five, I think this is a great space, and I've. And also, I I say nine, close to ten, maybe just because price. <laughs> I'll bring it down just a notch. It's 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 not cheap, but um, I feel that our money is well spent. Tyler? Yeah, I think I'd give it a nine as well. Uh, and the main reason is just because of the proximity to the parks, and the exact exactly what Luella said that the only thing that drags it down from being a perfect hotel to me is just how expensive it is because. There are other places in the neighborhood you can go that are much cheaper from much bigger rooms. You know, maybe not nicer rooms, but definitely bigger rooms. And so if you need to have a big family with you, you know, maybe Grand Californian is going to cost you a lot more money than going to like a residence inn down the street. But being there is just the most amazing part to me. It is it is the part that is excites me the most. You just wake up in the morning and go right downstairs and there you are. So nine, nine for me. Uh, for me, I'm gonna do uh, nine and a half and they're gonna get a half a, <laughs> they're gonna get like a half a point off because of the price. But everything other than that is just, it's just so nice to have that accessibility to the parks and have that 
you know, if you are staying in the club level, look, sounds great. Like I want to do it next time. It sounds like, like uh, I would probably make my money's worth just going there and like snacking and drinking and stuff. Nacho bar. Oh, they have a nacho bar. They did have a nacho oh, bar. Yeah. yeah like, they did that. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds fun. <laughs> Rhino. Um, I would give it a nine. I think there's some amenities that I, 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 I mean, I don't know that I've stayed in a 10. That's the thing. So I uh, I would definitely give it a 9. I feel like the pool hours could maybe be a little bit longer because I've never been there and been like, I can go to the pool right now. But we also do really long days in the parks. Um, one of the things I really like that I didn't mention either is it has a fitness center that is open 24 hours on the facility. And I really appreciate that because a lot of hotels and resorts kind of close those around 10 or 11 at night. Um, but, I yeah, I mean, I just give it a 9 because it's just – I, there's nothing really for me to complain about with it. It's comfortable. It feels like vacation to me. And it has a lot of offerings, and you really can't beat an entrance into a theme park either. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the group here. Um, I was going to say nine as well. The only reason I'm, you know, first of all, I don't think I give anything a ten. But right. um, uh, the reason it's not nine and a half is I'm knocking that for the price too. Um, you know, it, it's hard to justify. You know, because they can justify it because of occupancy doesn't mean we can justify it mm-hmm. based on price. So I do think that's the, the the only thing going against it. I think generally speaking, over overwhelmingly speaking, the level of service at this hotel is I would compare it to Disney Cruise Line. Um, it really is that level of service, that that old style Disney service that, you know, well, you made a friend with one of the concierge people too, right? Like oh, yeah. you made a really good impression with Yvette. Yvette, yeah. yeah, she's wonderful. Yvette's amazing. Yeah. Now, I mean, just in general, though, it doesn't yeah. matter where. Um, the 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 staff, the cast members there have been are yeah. extraordinary by by a large margin. So, um, but yeah, I think overall, I think that we we are all in agreement. This is a nine. This hotel, um, but you're going to pay for I it. I do want to mention something though. We. Part of the name is Hotel and Spa, so I just want to mention that there is a spa in there from Census Spa, and I've never personally been, but I don't know, Pete, if, do you have something to say about the spa and if it's, like, worth it or not? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's, thank you for reminding me of that because I would have completely forgotten to mention it. I have used the – it's a Mandara spa um, there, which, uh, you know, if you've done the spas on, um, uh, on the Disney Cruise Line in particular – uh, those are uh, those use the same products and have basically the same uh, uh, same treatments as what you're going to find in the Mandara. This is a small spa. The men's lounge. I haven't been in the women's lounge, but the men's lounge is is smaller. Um, there's not a lot of treatment rooms there. I will say that the massages I've had there have been excellent, um, and I thought the price was reasonable given it's a theme park hotel. It's a you know resort hotel, um, but it is a small spa, so don't expect you know big grand sweeping spa. But it was comfortable. Uh, the services were excellent, um, and they don't play around with cancellations though. Just twenty four hours, you don't cancel within twenty four hours. You're paying for it, so they don't mess around with that. But no, it's a great, it's a good spa. It's a good spa. Yeah, they're better, but it certainly gets the job done. So, all right. So I think we're all in agreement there. Then nine for Grand Californian. And that is going to do it for this episode. And it's going to do it for me for like three weeks. So uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you again next week with Rhino hosting on the next edition of the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody. See you in a month.